What's possible, people? Welcome to the What's Possible podcast. My name is Michael Diestra, and this is the podcast in which we talk with ordinary people who do extraordinary things. Today on the podcast, we have Cedric Enzo Agatep, the CEO and founder of the Musicians Club. How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right, man. I don't know if CEO is appropriate, but sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, I only read it off your website, and I oh, know man, you said, that you thing know, is so but... that is so out of date. I'm surprised <laughs> you were able to to dig through that archaeological dig and find it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Cool, man. Well, um, I just want to let you know why um, I kind of wanted you on the show. Um, so every single person I bring on, there's something special that I see in them outside looking in. And when I think of someone like you, I think somebody who's so passionate about music to the point where they're able to get a following behind them and put videos together, put events together, make things happen. And personally, I think it's pretty amazing. And um, just to start, I kind of wanted to know how you got started in music. Did you start at an early age? Oh, it was early, you know, like I, like, by the, you know how like as a kid, like you, there's like a point where you start to like gain consciousness, like you're starting to become aware of like your choices. Like before that even happened, I was already in piano lessons with my dad. Uh, my dad was okay. actually my primary music teacher, right? So he taught me piano at the age of four. I like vaguely remember, I think we like visited my grandma. So his, his mom, cause he, he took piano lessons as a kid. Cause my grandma was like a lover of music. Okay. And then I guess we visited and I'm pretty sure the converse, like, I don't remember this, but I could, as an adult looking back, I can, I probably know what the conversation was. My grandma was like, when's he going to start taking lessons? And my dad's like, all right, we're going to guitar center. We're buying you a keyboard. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. And yeah. And I was like, ever since then, it's like, oh, I, you know, I have to eat. I have to do my homework and I have to practice piano. Like, I guess that's what it is. Right. Um, and so I started piano at four at seven. I was uh, subscribed to the torturous instrument of the violin. That shit's hard, dude. Mm. Um, like, hats off to like anyone who decides to play the violin and is like, not you don't even have to be good at it. Just the fact that you stick it out, you know. I was okay. Damn. And what's then, the what's the toughest part about that, real quick? Um. So guitar. Uh, well, for one, like, first thing off the bat, you your first week or two is just spent like holding the instrument correctly okay right? so just like the fact that you have to like ugh, right and it's not like guitar where you can kind of like be lazy with your like neck position like violin you have to be so precise because the thing is so small right mm, and I then see. there's no frets it's a fretless instrument oh right right so just between those two things like you know, you put your first finger down, it's in tune. You put it up, you put it down, it's out of tune. And you're like, as a young kid trying to figure out pitch, right? And then for me, it was always interesting. Like I went down cause I'm going towards me, but that makes the pitch go up. And so like, that was a thing that was like also kind of hard to adjust. So there's just a lot about the violin that was rough. I ended up picking up guitar at 10 or I think 10, 10, I think I bought my first guitar. I didn't really take it seriously till 12. So, and then, yeah, I've just, I don't know. I don't know if it's normal for musicians to have like this, like 
love hate relationship with their instrument, but I didn't really feel like I took music on my own until like high school. Yeah. Okay. You felt like you were forced growing up. For sure. Something it was just your family chore. wanted to do. Yeah. I, okay. Oh, that's the worst. Right. I wouldn't say it was like super negative. I'm sure me during that time would say it was super negative, but you know, um, it was just I, like a do the dishes, play the piano. I mean, as a kid, anything that your parents get you to do, it's kind of like, uh, all right, like I'll do it for you. You know, yeah. like my parents put me in uh, guitar lessons for a little bit, piano, uh, and then sports, basketball, baseball, like tennis. I don't know. Like, I think parents want to have their kids be exposed to a lot of things for sure. But I think it's all good. Like, I mean, you said in high school, it's, you started making it your own, right? Yeah. Probably not, not even until like junior year, dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, what, what started that? Like you already had this musical background and how did it like, I had a pretty, well, I would live? say I had a pretty unique musical background because one, my teacher was my dad. So it's not like you see this, like I teach piano lessons now. And so I see the kids like once a week, like you could goof off the first three days and then like make it up in the last four days. This was like in a 24 hour cycle. Sure. My dad comes home and was like, did you practice? Like there was a point where like, I wasn't, oh. I wasn't having like daily practices. I was having like daily lessons. And so it was guided practices, Oh man! which actually like oh, in wow. hindsight, like I felt like it really taught me how to properly grind. Right. Like if I had a gig in three days and I just had this, like this, like ma binder material I need to go through, like, I know what it takes to get through it. Um, and now like nowadays I know like which corners to cut and stuff, but, but yeah, I also like, I played in my dad's band, right? My dad had like a, um, a new wave cover band in like 2008, 2000, no, even before that. Cause I was. I was eight when I had my first gig with him. It was on my eighth birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. On your birthday? There's, oh, there's, if you dig deep enough, there's videos of me playing with my dad's band on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> um, oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> and so they were like a new wave band. So it was actually two keyboardists, a drummer and a singer. Right. And like, even the bass was like synthesized on the keyboards, all of it. And so I was learning how to play those things as part of like my lessons. And it was interesting because most people, when they think music, they think it's like this, like super classical, right? Like, you know, Beethoven and Bach and Chopin and stuff, or Chopin, this is, I think, how you pronounce it. Um, and I had this like very different um, exposure to music. And then eighth grade, like I, I was part of my middle school's jazz band, which didn't really play jazz. It was like middle school jazz. So like, you know, we played like Oye Como Va in Tequila. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, like it had a horn section and there were changes, but it wasn't really jazz, but it was fun, you know? And so gotcha. I was starting to get exposed to like, Hey, this is a, you know, you can do other things in music. It doesn't have to be this like old white wig music stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then, um, guitar hero. I have to credit. Okay. Like, I honestly only picked up the guitar because of guitar hero. Right. Um, I played See, the first one. I was waiting one. for that answer. What's up? I was waiting for that answer. I feel like everybody in like our age range was exposed sure. to that. If you play an instrument now, that was part of your life at one point. You Two know? things I add is like Guitar Hero and probably like all the bands that went through Warped Tour. 
Okay. Um, like, just what do you mean? Like you go to the Warp Tour? I didn't go. Um, I didn't go to Warp Tour, but just all the bands that like would play, right? Like, um, okay. Like you know the the L.A. alternative radio bands, right? Like the older okay. generation would be kind of like Foo Fighters, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Green Day, and then like Blink, and then it would transition to like the newer, like, um, who is it? Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, okay. Panic, like. Very, gotcha. a lot of guitar heavy songs that were really easy to just palm mute and chug, right? And so right, that probably right. like made us want to play. But yeah, I played Guitar Hero 1. Um, I actually went on expert mode on Guitar Hero and that's what taught me how to shift positions. And then I tried shifting positions on violin. <laughs> so oh, wow. It did help my <laughs> violin playing. And then um, I got Guitar Hero 2 beat that and it, everyone was raving about how guitar hero 3 had like through the fire and flames and all that stuff right it's supposed to be like super hard so i wanted to buy it and my dad's like no <laughs> and i'm like what the hell what do you mean no and he's like like just play a real instrument and so i was like fine and so we went to guitar center Jeez. like the next weekend and i bought like this tiny black acoustic guitar um and then there's a story that my parents told me where they heard they would never hear me like wake up and play the piano, but they did hear me wake up and like try to play the guitar and I was terrible and the guitar was terrible. And at a certain point they were like, I guess they're like lying in bed and they're like, Oh my God, he's playing. All right. We'll buy him a better guitar and we'll buy, like we'll oh, get wow. him guitar lessons. So <laughs> that's how that started. So guitar was nice. definitely like my, my fun instrument, but piano is definitely like the, how I see music. Okay. Yeah. Could you elaborate on that? Um, I just, I don't, I'm still working on how to see music and scales through, um, through the fretboard. Right. I feel like I get really stuck in like certain positions and I kind of chunk around. So like, I'll take this like four fret chunk and I'll take this like four, maybe five fret chunk. Right. As opposed to seeing it kind of like diagonally across the, the fretboard right all of my guitar teachers were really good were able to do that and like i haven't been able to do that yet um but as far as just like understanding harmony and how i process notes like i do it visually in my head through a keyboard okay yeah. i see so i guess in some sense like i'm i'm a pianist at heart yeah well that's awesome i mean you were had a lot of experience with that uh now Going back to like junior year of high school, what started there? Did you like, I know you started musicians club in high school. Like, did you start a band or anything like that? So well? battle of the bands was a thing at my school, which like, I guess I'm fortunate that it was around. Cause I don't think it's around anymore at most schools. Um, oh, yeah. I was around. I don't think so. And, um, I was like, what, you know, I always thought like music was this like, it was this activity that I did with like my parents and stuff. And like, sometimes my friends would come, but they didn't really care. Right. But then I started seeing mm -hmm. like, what? Like, like all my friends are like looking at what this is. And also like, I was looking at this and I was like, what? They're like my age and I can, and they're doing this. Cause I'm used to like being in a band with like adults, you know, I'm like 14, 15. These people are like, you know, my dad had me when he was like 11 or something, right? According to him, <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, they're like 30s. 
right? Um, right, right, right. Yeah, but I wasn't used to like, oh, like other kids, I can do this with kids my age. And so uh, I remember there was, a, there was a club at my high school, sophomore year, called Music Production Club, right? They were starting out that year. They wanted to make, um, they wanted to like, you know, host their own battle of the bands and kind of help people do that. And, you know, it's the, it's the story of all the clubs, all the music clubs that you like see on campus. It's like, oh, you know, we're going to make bands and we're going to have shows and all that. And, you know, it fizzles out in like two months. And that's exactly what happened with them. It fizzled out. Um, but I met a couple of the guys there and I was like, Hey, this is a pretty decent idea. Let's run it back. All right. Okay. And this time I was like, I'll be president. Let's, I think we can figure this out. Um, nice. and so my junior year, we tried doing a musician's club. It didn't work. We just made a band. <laughs> All right. okay. I learned a lot. <laughs> um, but it was cool. Cause I, that was like my first, like I made this band. Right. Um, and then by senior year, a couple things happened. One, the singer of that band the year before was a senior. So he graduated. So we were forced to kind of like, if we're going to continue to do this at school, we need to, you know, adjust a little bit. We still did music like apart from musicians club, but, um, so senior year, we were, we kind of like took the lessons that we learned in junior year and we were like, okay, um, you can't be iffy on your deadlines. You can't say, Hey, this is what we want to do. Let me know what you think. You have to say, this is what we're going to do. You have the choice to join us. Right. Mm -hmm. And it okay. was just a completely different tone. And I think part of it is like, you know, you're growing up, you're like, 15, 16, turning to like 17, 18. So you're able to take up that space more authoritatively, right? And so there's a lot of little factors that kind of just aligned. And so um, now we were starting to do music that we chose. It wasn't this song that like this method book was telling us to do next. It was like, hey, I want to play all the small things. We're playing all the small things, you know? Okay. And... And yeah, and I think as you kind, you know, those high school years, as you're kind of like, I guess high school for me, for some people it's high school, for some people it's college, but those formative years where you're discovering who you are, right? I, not only was I able to more confidently be myself, I was starting to use music and establish myself as that, as a musician, as, hey, this is something that I do, this is something that I enjoy. And I'm going to do it on my terms. It's not like my music mm. teachers or my dad's or whatever. I see. So that happened in high school when, when you're, and you're saying like most people, and this is actually my experience, like toward the end of college, I kind of decided like, wait a minute, like I love music and I'm gonna make my own. I'm gonna like write my own music, learn how to record. I think I was a late bloomer, but that's awesome to hear. Like you knew that so early on, I think, but I think it makes a lot of sense. I think I was, I was really fortunate because, you know, like, I don't have the stereotype, like, Asian, like, even though my dad was my piano teacher and we, like, learned at four and, you know, there might have been some, like, squawk, right? <laughs> like, and, you know, they're Asian and shit. It's not, like, the usual, like, yeah. you're going to learn and all I want to hear in the house is Chopin, right? And, like, no, like, I was playing, like, Depeche Mode and Tears for Fears at, like, eight, right? So it was definitely, like, a unique experience. Um, and they actually fostered a lot of that growth. Like they were the, my mom and my dad were the ones that helped me do musicians club. Like, I don't think we could have done musicians club my senior year without my parents help. Right. 
Like we were having like 50 kids coming in for rehearsals. My, my mom was the one getting like the Costco pizzas for everyone. My dad's the one like mixing the sound, right? He's mixing the sound. He coordinated the lights and then just like behind the scenes, just like all of those like war room discussions. You're like, yo, what the heck do I do with this person? You know, how do I get organized? Like that was all there. So they, they helped out with that. So it was a, it was a really unique upbringing. Right. Like I absolutely, I, I, I don't know how I would replicate this upbringing. Um, and I think that's why, like, I'm so passionate also about doing musicians club because I was afforded an opportunity that I don't think I would say like 99% of people aren't afforded. Right. And I have the ability to share it. And so it would be assholeish of me to not share it. Okay. Interesting. But I I don't believe that's your primary motivation. Like, I don't want to be an asshole. So I got to do this. Like, that's probably a small percentage of it. Uh, I mean, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably like, I think as you go through it, your motivation changes. Like definitely high school. The motivation was um, like, if I want to play in front of my peers, the you had two avenues. You had battle the bands, which sucked because no one ran sound. So everyone's going to sound bad. You know, like mm. you know this, like you're, if your sound guy doesn't do their job, it doesn't matter how well you play. It sounds like crap. Right. Yeah. And then the second was, um, what was the other, oh, talent show, but talent show was ridiculous. Right. Talent show was fun. I remember junior year, uh, talent show was like the whole, uh, performing arts center was packed. Right. I had this thing where I had a wireless guitar unit and I was going to jump off the stage onto, um, onto the floor. And people were sitting on the floor because of how packed it was. So I couldn't oh, well. do it. Um, but, you know, as fun as it is, you're a band. You take how how long does it take a band to, to set up on stage? Like, right. Take some time. Five, ten minutes. Right. And then they want you to set up in like two minutes and tear down in one. Right, right. Right. And it's just like, because, you know, the next group after you is like the dance team and they want the whole floor clear. You can't have monitors yeah. out there and stuff. And so the process of me doing musicians club was, Hey, let's host our own talent show and uh, it'll just be music because we have enough talent at the school to do just the music. And, and so the okay. motivation was really, I'm going to host this thing in the name of community, but really I want to play at like a really big venue. Cause uh, you know, I see, I see. I've done the thing okay. where you like, you sell the, you sell the 30 tickets at five bucks each, you know, like that's, yeah. it's a pain, right? Mm-hmm. But you yeah. know, if you can totally fit the bill with other people and they're all selling like just five tickets each, it becomes a lot easier. So initially right. that was the, that was the thing. It's like, I want, but I also do in my head, like I can't make this show all about me or else like no one will come. So it's about everyone but I still get to play like selfishly. I still get to play on a bigger stage. Right. Sure. sure. And that was enough. Like I didn't need my name and lights and stuff. Like it makes me uncomfortable, but just like the fact that I get to play on a bigger stage is enough. Once I started going to UCSD, UCSD, we like, I had a friend, he was like one of our lead solo guitarists at high school. Um, like, he played the solo for a sweet child of mine. And at the time we were like, Oh my God, he's amazing. <laughs> right? Like I can only play that on guitar hero. Um, he and I, Ryan Yamane and I went to UCSD together 
and we were so amped. We were like, oh, this is going to be great. When we get there, there's going to be a club like this at school. You know, we'll just run it back. We don't have to start anything. We'll just join. And then we get to campus mm -hmm. and we look at like all of the music orgs and it's all acapella groups. Mm -hmm. right? And so we look at each other and we're just like, all right, let's run it back. <laughs> right. Um, and it's crazy because even though I came in as a freshman, there is this like weird confidence knowing that like, hey, I've done this. Right. And like most, most people in the school even though they're older than me, I was like, you haven't, you haven't done what I've done. Right. right. Um, and it's like, yeah, cool. You did key club, but key club is like volunteering and stuff like no knock on them. It's a logist. It's just a logistic problem to do mm -hmm. that. But for us, it's like, it's a logistical problem plus a skill problem, plus a genre problem. Like it's so much to successfully do music. Like when you think about what it takes to do music well, Right. It's so difficult. I'm sure you you're writing music right now. Like, what does it take for you to just to find um, people to fill out your band? Like, you got to like them. Right. They have to like your music, but also they have to be at the skill level that you need. Yes. Right. All of yes. these. There's so many factors. Right. Absolutely. And so the fact that I was able to juggle that for like 50 musicians, because that's that's how many performers we had on our first show. I was like, yeah, like cool your org's complicated and stuff but like i got this i can figure this out nice. right and so freshman year coming in i was already thinking like like oh i'm gonna go to orgs i'm a network and all that but come junior senior year we're gonna have one here and wow and that's what we did and so junior year the motivation was still the same like like in some ways it was way more selfish because i felt like i had a really strong support team in high school and I was kind of like, let's see if I can do it by myself. And I quickly learned that I can't, right? Um, there's a sense where like, I may be the person that can fill the role that no one else can, but I still need other people to fill other roles. Right. Right. And if you burn one, like, Burning one bridge is fine, but you would be surprised how quickly that one bridge can turn into many. Why is that? Uh, word gets around, especially nowadays, dude. Like, social media and, like, like I don't want to say, like, cancel culture, but it's just, like, it's a lot easier for, like, oh, don't work with this guy. He's an asshole. Right? Did you experience any of that? I may have, yeah. Right? Okay. Um, I, I would, when I look back on like at UCSD, I don't think I'm close to anyone that I've really worked with back then. And I think it was different. There was, there was like a, a shift in the, the motivations, right? Um, in like junior year. So this is the first year at UCSD. We were trying to just like, um, I was trying to show that like, I can do this again. Like this isn't a fluke. Right. And the fact that I've done it before, there's a little bit of arrogance, right? Like, trust me, it'll work. Like, I don't have to explain myself to you. It'll work. Um, versus in high school, it was like, I don't know if it'll work, but I believe. And it's right. a lot easier to rally behind someone who says, ooh, he believes, I'll believe with him. Like, I have, he has faith, I have faith, right? I got you. But this one was like, no, shut up. I know this will work, right? Ooh. And so... <laughs> I don't think I ever said it that like explicitly, but you like, you know, you don't have to say it that explicitly, right? People know, people can feel it. Um, yeah. 
Uh, but it wasn't, and that was kind of the motivation. It wasn't until like my last year or my fourth year, because I was there for five years. Whoops. Um, <laughs> where I kind of started to see patterns where I was with UCSD's Musicians Club. I was still helping out at my high school's Rancho Bernardo, helping out with their Musicians Club. And I was seeing that people weren't leaving the space. Like they graduate and they still come back, right? At both schools. And what it told me was that there is an intrinsic need for something like this in the community, but there's nothing out there serving it, right? So, you know, like we went from high school to college and nothing was serving. We decided to make one. Um, but I quickly saw that, hey, once I graduate here, it's going to be the same shit over again. There isn't going to be um, a space for me unless, you know, I start my own band and all that. But like you, I'm sure you understand how much of an entrepreneurial spirit it takes to do that. And for a yeah. lot of these people that I was seeing in the club, like they, they just wanted like a pickup basketball game. I just want to show yeah. up to the park. There's already <laughs> stuff there, right? I, they want to play music, but they don't want to necessarily go through the hassle of starting a band, doing auditions, finding a, a rehearsal room, all of that stuff. That's a great way to put it. Right. Pick a basketball game. And so my motivation started to change where I was like, I started to feel that calling. And that's where I started to feel the assholeness a little more where it's like, if I, like, I see this and I'm seeing the good that it's doing and I'm seeing how people are coming out of their shells and able to express themselves and there's growth and like, and I'm happy to see it. Right. Like selfishly, I'm happy to see all of these things. Um, mm -hmm. And also feeling that we've kind of unlocked the formula, right? And if I were to just like let it die, I would feel like the asshole. Okay. Right? Um, I, I, or in, a, in, in different words, I would feel like I'm letting them down. Right? I see. Even if they right. don't know that it exists yet, the fact that I know it exists and it could help them and like, so it's like, gotcha. I would be disappointing them even though they don't know what they would be even though they don't know what's coming. That makes sense. Because yeah. you've seen it happen and you'd like to see it happen again, but it's just like, I see what you're saying. That's the motivation now. Yeah. Come end of college for you. And there was definitely some friction where, um, uh, pro tip, if you're running a business, don't rely on, uh, don't rely on people who are in a different stage in life. Right. You want to find partners who are in the same stage in life with you. Right. Man, I almost said the wrong thing. That was a good one. Stage in life. Right. Cause, uh, like you're in a position right now where like you're, you're done with school and like, I want to pursue music to the best of my abilities. Right. Yep. So you want to be in a band with people who have similar, have similar values are in that same space. I was right. now trying to transition out from UCSD and create like a, a community version, but also like wrap around all of the schools. Cause we were starting to have schools pop up every, uh, like we're on five campuses now. So Rancho Bernardo high school, UCSD, SDSU, CSU Long Beach, and then Cal Lutheran. Right. And we, nice. I was trying to create like this, like network, like how, how is it like the Greek orgs? And I'm like, all they provide is networking and parties. Like why? I felt like our, 
not to uh, yeah i bashed on them whatever um <laughs> how how is like something that like we're trying to provide music and like we can't organize the same way that like some of these orgs can and so i was trying to figure mm -hmm. it out but i was trying to go from like a a bottom-up direction so i was trying to get like ucsd to lead that rise as opposed to having like an outside organization that they aspired to um and able to like provide resources down um so yeah so that that may have been a little uh abrasive right because for the most part like they're college kids they just they're doing this because it's a fun thing and they want to give back to their like tiny community but trying to get them to give back to like the bigger picture sometimes it's like 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 look i'm out in like a year i'm graduating and i have like a job offer on the east coast why do i care yeah and yeah to me i was like well you should care because it's the greater good but you know that's that's an unfair statement to make because we only have so much things we can care about and we only have so much time and energy to put forth so it was unfair for me to I do see. that okay yeah. <clears throat> i hope somewhere along that story i answered your question I forgot what my question was, but you told a great story. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like the how, um, I guess kind of like where my priorities started to shift. So now I'm in this place where um, we've created Musicians Club of San Diego for the San Diego community. And uh, there's people who like, hey, I graduated school. I still like to do music, um, but it's just not supported. Yeah. And eventually we'd right. like, I'd, I'd like to kind of make musicians club be, I, I call it like two things. Like I always say it, we want to make it the YMCA of music because I want to have like a physical building. Like if you can imagine CPMC at UCSD, right? The music building. But instead of just being for the music students, it's accessible to all students. Totally. And I know for some people, they're like, well, why would you do that? But that's like saying like, oh, here's the gym at school and it's only available for the athletes. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, there is one gym that is only available to the athletes, but they also have three other gyms that are available for everyone else. And that's all I'm asking for with music. Do you feel yeah. like the reason something like that hasn't already happened is because maybe there's an issue with like instrument upkeep and like, what are you just going to? treat this so, like a playground people are going to mess around with the instruments even though they're not skillful are you going to so, have free workshops so I, I i bring it down to like uh this kind of relates to like this is the three pillars i guess a musicians club is like we're trying to um we're trying to increase accessibility to music we're trying to um have a different direction with how we do music education right and then uh, we're trying to promote the social, I call it social. I have, I have to come up with better like um, tags for these, but like the social aspect of music, the fact that like, Hey, you're in a band, I'm in a band, we jam. That's the social, I call it recreational music play. Right. Um, mm. And so it's tough because. What, what about like networking? Would that classify I, what you're talking about? Networking is something I think that is a byproduct of what we do. Right. I but I wouldn't okay, start with necessarily call it as like a, as a pillar, because like if I grab a bunch of musicians and throw them in a room with instruments, they're going to network as a byproduct. Right. 
right? Like they're gonna jam first, and then later they're gonna be like, "Oh, what's your social?" Right? Like it's yeah, a yeah, yeah. to me, it's a natural byproduct. Um, sure. But why? If the question is why hasn't this happened? One, it's difficult, <laughs> right? It's just difficult. And one of the things that we're seeing is there's only three real music spaces that I feel like do this well, right? Um, uh, classical, right? Marching jazz, and I'll even throw, I know it's not really, but I'll throw like the Philip Sousa stuff as like a subcategory. So all of the marching band stuff, I would throw in that category and then worship, right? And if okay. you look at it, they, they all serve, um, they're all able to solve two of those things, the accessibility portion and the education portion. Um, all of those places have the room for you to do this, right? And then all of those places um, typically have the, um, have the, the knowledge in some way where you don't have to keep creating it every year. So what I mean by that is like, hey, once I have Mahler's third, I can print it and just print it again and print it again and print it again. We're not at a point yet where we have kind of captured oh. the type of music that we want to be playing. And that's something that we right. do on like Musicians Club's website. We have this like sheets part where we are trying to get chord charts for like all, I mean, we're trying, but you know, popular music that's accurate unlike, you know, our competitor, <coughs> Ultimate Guitar. <laughs> right because how many times have you gone there and you're like this these these tabs are bullshit quite a right? few um that's one that's accurate uh and two just like easy to to find right it's easy to learn classical there's so many books and resources uh it's just a pain in the butt um they've done this for worship music like worship music particularly i'm gonna i'm gonna put a caveat on this because i know i'll get killed for this but particularly in the contemporary Christian music world, right? So I'm thinking like Hillsong and all that stuff. Um, they have everything charted out pretty well. Where, like, I played in a worship band where we rehearse Sunday morning, like at eight, and services at 10, and we're able to do it, right? Um, just being able to, like, if we can bring that formula into the secular world, like, that's all Musicians Club is. But so that's, that's one of the, I've outlined two of the difficulties, but one of them space is costly, right? Um, space is costly. And I, cause we tried running a, a, a summer camp where we didn't own the place. We were renting everything and it's, it, the cost can go up pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> we even looked at like grants and stuff. All of that only exists in like the jazz or classical world, right? Okay. Because we, we still have this, like, I don't know if we'll ever shed the moniker of like the, the garage band, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's some truth to that, right? Like we as musicians, we as this type of musician, we kind of like, I know some people who are like, yeah, I'm self-taught, never took a lesson. And they don't want to because they take pride in it, right? They take pride in the fact that they taught themselves. And I think it's awesome. Um, and probably why, like, 
School of Rock will never get those people because School of Rock's business model is I'm going to sell you the lesson and then you get all the perks. Right here at Musicians Club, what we're trying to do is we're trying to sell you the, not even the space, we're trying to get you, we're trying to create the environment. And if you happen to want to sign up for like Iconic or something, cool. But we want to set the environment. We want to set the stage for all of those things to happen. I'm not trying to control the outcome. Because like, honestly, if you're trying to control all that shit, then like grunge would have never came out. Okay. Right. So, so there's, there's a I lot of that. factors. It's not just like the, it's not just like setting the, um, the, the infrastructure, but setting the infrastructure in a way that like, like, let's be real. We're artists. We're not, we're not easy to deal with. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, like what I get from that is like, so you were talking about like the, your motivation to want to create the musicians, musicians club for the community, create something where it could be like the YMCA, anybody can show up and play an instrument and just have a good time. Right. But the question is how, like, <clears throat> how do we get it to run like, like the systems that are in place for jazz, classical and like worship music, where it's very system systematized. There's the same music learned, the same outcome at the services, for example, if you're talking about worship. The one thing that I was thinking is like, there's got to be some like motivation to like profit in something like this. For sure. For that, is, that is definitely like, to be like we live in the world, we live in the real world, right? And in the real world, yeah. like it costs money. Like it is difficult. It does take a lot of time. And, you know, someone eventually is going to want to get compensated. Like, I haven't made money on Musicians Club. Like, sometimes I'll, like, charge for services. Like, if I'm helping out, like, Long Beach and they need mixing and light services, like, I'll ask for something. But it's 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 not like, oh, I'm making money off, you know? Like, I'm sometimes I'll, I will charge. Sometimes I will charge. And this is bad, right? But only, I only do this because, like, we as Musicians Club of San Diego is trying to support our like sister organizations, right? I'll sometimes undercut what it normally would be only so that the clubs can understand would it would be cheap enough for the clubs to try it and to understand the value. Right. But here's the thing, right? Um, when we've ran these shows and they ran very well, they sell out, right? Like they, they yeah. sell out the tickets. They sell out, like you're playing it for a packed room. And that's like, you know, right. for musicians like that's there's no better feeling than getting a packed room that's like with you. Um, and so I think we can make these programs um, maybe not like super profitable, but like it, it pays for itself, right? And hopefully enough that it pays for the time for those who are, uh, hopefully it compensates those who are putting in the time to help the community get better. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it, it's interesting. Cause like, like you're, you're a band leader. And so, you know, that like as a band leader, you actually spend more time helping out your band's parts than your own parts. 
Yeah. Right. But now you have to upgrade that to like community band leader. So instead of just being in charge of like the four people, you're now in charge of like the, the 50 throughout. So we've, we've, and we've done that crazy shit. We're like, we've written out, um, and it's just weird because musicians are all different. You can't just put, say all musicians are the same. Like we're all, we all have our own personality quirks. Like I make the joke that like, I can tell what instrument you play just based on your personality. Right. Oh my gosh. Like, like, Oh, you're, you're arrogant and you're loud. You're probably like lead guitar or trumpet. <laughs> like you think you're smarter than everyone. Like, are you a Ravenclaw? You're probably a flautist. <laughs> I'm probably going to offend some people. Um, but yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's true. Right. Like, um, if you say, Hey, let's jam. If you ask that to a guitarist, they're like, yeah, let's do it. If you tell that to a pianist, they're going to be like, okay, what's, the, where's the sheet music? Yeah. Right. Yeah, It's a little bit different. Right. And so when we were including like strings and horns and stuff in our productions, like we had to write out notes and we had to make sure that they lined up with like, you know, there was guitarists and drummers and excuse me, and bassists and stuff. They're like, we'll just loop till end. Right. Them. It's like, no, the measure is stopped here. We're stopping here, <laughs> you know? And so being, right. you have to like coordinate between all those different musical worlds and connect them. Right. Gotcha. There's a lot of, weird challenges but to me it's like i i don't mind taking on those challenges because yeah, no it's it's worth it at the end it's i mean when i looked at some of the videos on the musicians club youtube page and just to, to see the amount of musicians be a part of one song i'm like god damn like cedric like you love this <laughs> like i would not I don't know anybody else who would put all this together, you know? So, so selfishly, right? <laughs> here's, here's what I will say. Right. And right now I know I'm focusing on like building up the community, but eventually like, I do want to create like a, a pipe system. I like those bad, like pipe systems. I'm talking about like how I'm talking about how little league feeds into high school sports, which feeds into the NCAA, which feeds into the NBA. Right. Hmm. We have this like, like this ecosystem that promotes the growth. And I think that's from a professional level, that's something that music doesn't do very well. Um, Cause I worked in a, in a business that was doing music marketing and I've been to Nam and I've seen like the, like they don't have budgets because they're not getting the sales. But like, let's think about it this way. A big company is trying to get their, their sales off selling it to like professional musicians. But that's like Nike saying, I'm only going to sell my shoes to the players in the NBA. Right. Nike practically gives away their shoes to the players in the NBA. They make their money off the millions of wannabes who play on like the courts on the weekends who go like three, two, one Kobe. I see. Thinking that they're Kobe and that's how they make their millions. That's how they make their billions. I got you. You don't you. go after the 300 players in the league. You go after the millions and billions of people who are watching these people saying, I want to be that when I grow up or, you know, I'm already, I'm older, but like, I still pretend like I go to the park and I pretend I'm LeBron or Steph or whatever. Right. And so musicians club by doing that, like, and then I've said this earlier where it's like, a lot of people that do musicians club, I don't know if they would do music after, like once they graduate, 
right? Because it's just so difficult to do music. But if you put a musician's club, do those people stay? Are we able to increase our musician base? And if you increase our musician base, does everything kind of trickle? Like, does the amount of professional musicians that we have increase just because we've increased the, the base of people doing music? Does Musicians Club I help with retention? Because one of the things that, like, I ask is, like, hey, how, like, like, I met a lot of people at UCSD, like, oh, I used to play piano, right? I'm like, oh, that's cool. Have you ever played with anyone else before? Mm-hmm. And like 80% of the time, the answer is no, if they played piano as an instrument. And like that's, there was another company that was kind of trying to do the same thing that we're doing. And it's like, that's like saying, I'm going to, I'm going to enroll my kids in soccer lessons and never have them play on a team. Right. So there's these huge infrastructural problems that we're trying to solve. And it's, there's a lot. And we're, what we're just trying to, we're just trying to pick one and do it well, but eventually Right. So my whole point of this is like, you were talking about the video projects, right? Eventually I want us to get to the point where like, we're also able to include like people in your position, right? Trying to make it into the professional league where you're able to help coach all these people, right? Get them better. Maybe they don't have aspirations for being pro, but you know, they would just want to play better. Right. And by doing that, you're able to gain fans, right? You're able to create more musical connections and they're more willing to go to your shows. And so you're starting to do better. Right. And then as you keep getting these, like that, that like professional and like semi-professional base starts to increase where we're now, so, we're having like a, like a minor league or like a G league. Okay. I see. I see now. So it's, I didn't get it at, at first, but it's like increase the pool of people who at least have an interest in music or have are skillful and have played with musicians. Okay, let's just get them together. And then those who kind of excel, it's like, okay, there's another level, like yeah. middle school, high school level. Yeah. Great. What what could we do with them? Okay, maybe we can put on better shows. Okay, great. If you have better shows, maybe we could charge more. Perfect. What about the people who are great there? Yeah. And who go to like the college level, whatever. Great. Maybe you can charge even more. Um, I think something in my opinion, I think that model would do well if like, because uh, people, because fans and audiences like consistency, you go to like a basketball game, you know, exactly what the rules are, you know, exactly what you're going to get. Um, so a model like that would be it's difficult future where, cause, um, competition, no matter how bad is always exciting, you know? Like if you're like in a kid's little league game, it's exciting still because there's a score. So even though no one's hitting, right? No one's pitching or hitting particularly well. The fact that it's like one zero, there's that like tension and anxiety, right? Okay. Like music has to be at a certain level in order for it to be enjoyable. If you disagree with that, I can send you some practice clips of me at eight playing the violin. <laughs> <laughs> No, I definitely yeah. agree with that. Right. It's got to be at some level for it to be enjoyable. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And okay. I think I think you said something in uh in an earlier podcast where yeah, I listened to the podcast. <laughs> um God bless you. where you you were saying <laughs> that like anyone who's a musician should teach. Yes. Right? I think 
um, to expand on that, it's like um, we need to get, no matter what level of music that you are, right, a place where you feel that you're able to perform this thing. And I think if you can do that successfully, then the bugs got you and you're a musician for life. Okay. So now you're talking like it's something that people can adopt, like this love for music. It's something that you can nurture. I would say yes to that primarily because I feel like a lot of people growing up chase uh, weird dreams that involve mainly status or money. And music definitely provides me and like you, all musicians who really love it, like such great joy. So I could see that, how that could work. But yeah, so we're, we're trying out here. We're trying. Nice. We'll see nice. how it goes. So what's, what's on the horizon for a musicians club? Like next right couple now, months? Right now, well, it's tough because it's COVID, but I felt like we've done a pretty decent job of trying to, to pivot, right? Um, basically, we were running two events every month that I thought were pretty low profile. Like they were easy enough to do that. We could do them consistently that would slowly kind of build musicians clubs names. So there were um, open mics and jam sessions. We've converted the open mics virtual, right? So our next open mic is on February 13th, right? Um, all you do is just film yourself performing and then send it over to us. Uh, musicians club San Diego at gmail.com. Um, we'll have a confirmation email and all that stuff. Um, and then like I, we go live kind of like this and then I just play off the videos and we can all watch it together on a live stream and then everyone's engaging in the comments and I know it's not the same, right? But it is kind of, I find it weird how much uh, fulfillment I get out of seeing the comments come in because it's not, like you're not getting that, that it's, like, it's like a filtered human connection, but it's still a connection. And I'm surprised how much I, I love that part of it, right? So totally. we're doing virtual open mics and then we're doing recording projects instead of like jams. So we'll decide on a song. We'll pick out the, the key and the BPM and we try to make it easy for you. We're like, we provide you the chord chart and you like follow it, right? And if everyone follows it, then it should be really easy for me to just like snap it all together, mm -hmm. right? Um, I lined them up. Um, if I have three singers, I just bounce between three singers. If I have two drummers, I bounce between the two drummers. Right. Nice. So like whatever I get, that's what I'm working with. You know, if you throw a halftime break in the middle of the song, like unexpectedly, I, I'll try to use it. And if it doesn't work, I'll just skip to the other person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And those have well, been fun. We've been, we released like five last year. I'm hoping that we can release at least seven this year. Okay. Yeah. And then you know, I really enjoy those. Yeah. You were part of, uh, our third one, long tall Sally, right? Yeah. Homeboy, Mark Gerard had some pretty cool video editing on yours. Right? <laughs> yeah. He does the video editing. He does. He does. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Right? Nice. And then on the horizon, I guess like we're waiting on like a post COVID world and hopefully Cause we've met some people like purely through in quarantine. So I'm hoping like once COVID's gone, people are just excited to be a part of this and um, we can start doing shows again. The plan is like 
we'll start doing shows as musicians club. So there might be like 12 of us and we'll be rotating like drummers basses just because, you know, like you'll learn three songs. I'll learn three songs. If we put everyone together, we have a one hour set. Right. Right. That's right. the other thing. Like if you want to play out, like you have to commit to these long sets and just, just for like regular, like, like I just want to do this after work. Like I can commit to three songs. That's fine. Right. right. We want to start doing shows around the community, like Del Mar Fair, December nights, where we hit up some, uh, some breweries and stuff. And then eventually we want to host like, uh, you've seen iconic, right? We want to host our own iconic, right? Our own productions. Nice. Um, and I didn't realize dance dancers do this. Um, one of my ex-girlfriends was a ballerina. So, um, they would have like a professional ballerina do like all the hard parts and there'd be some songs where they would show off like the student classes so like in one production they would have varying levels of of dancers right so i didn't okay. realize and so that's kind of like what we do with the production it's like hey all of these people are all different levels but we kind of jumble them up all together like you might have a really crazy shredding guitarist and a drummer who's just been playing for a year but you know what that drummer can probably hold like an ACDC beat super steady and that guitarist can just go shred off. Right. And you still right. feel empowered. Like, Hey, I was part of that moment and I helped him make it happen. Right. Totally. And nice. that's, that's the plan. We're just building our, our community base until we have enough to be able to like make one of these productions. And then once we're able to, you know, more people are going to be like, Oh my God, I was in the, I was in the audience. I want to do that next year and we'll see how it goes that sounds legit man i yeah. definitely want to participate um because you know i'll be doing music yeah with whether it's my own project coaching like i honestly i really love musicians club because it was one of the first opportunities i got to actually like meet musicians in a very like easy way yeah before that like i'd literally been at ucsd for like four years and I was part of a band back home and like, that's all I knew. And I felt like I can't play with other musicians. Like I got to be well, committed to them. You know how you know? it is, right? Well, yeah, that's the cool thing about musicians club. Like you can just do like one event and it's like, mm -hmm. you could, you could be as committed or as low committed as you want, but you know how it is trying to meet other musicians. It's like, you got to go on like, what's it called? Uh, Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah. Craigslist. Dude. It's like, mm. yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's weird. Like we make it easy, just like we'll host a jam, you know, it's for two hours, you pop in, pop out. If you don't like it, you know, like it's not like you're like you're not committed to anything. You just come in, kind of peek your head in, right? Totally. Get like known. And, and I know like everyone's posting on like the Facebook groups and stuff, but it's it's not a super effective way, right? Cause you need to be engaging yeah. in those groups. Cause if not, you're just kind of like that guy who just pops into the party, talks about himself and leaves yeah right or it yeah it's it's a little bit inauthentic because yeah. i'll see things like hey i'm looking for an awesome fantastic singer and it's like come on man like yeah. and i had to talk with one of my uh, clients zeke me and him talk a lot of music and we talk about the way bands should run and like we're like kind of like what you said like you want to consider personality you don't want just anybody like yeah. i would never put something like that up there you know that's yeah. a recipe for disaster <laughs> I've definitely picked, so, like, I always have a hard time finding drummers, and I've definitely picked drummers over other drummers 
even if like like if my if my B drummer is better than my A drummer, I'll still go with my A drummer because he's not a dick to deal with. <laughs> exactly. Oh yes. <laughs> I mean, so let me just open up about that. Because um, this past month, I've been working to put a band together, playing with other musicians, and like, it's been so challenging because I had to make decisions. Because I found that all these musicians were great, but like, I had it's like you gotta pick the people who are gonna make it easier for you to get something off the ground. Um, and I didn't know that was a part of this whole like music. It's like yeah, unexpected dude. challenge, kind of like what you're talking about. There's so one many of the, one of the things questions that you, I hate you just getting. don't know beforehand. One of the questions I hate getting, <laughs> right? Um, and I understand, right? It's a totally valid question, but you know, I'm most of my gigs aren't um, like, uh, I would say commercial entertainment gigs, right? Those are gigs where like I am paying for a musical service. I am paying for you to play here and entertain us for a few hours. Most of my gigs are like, dude, here's I'm trying to I'm trying to play and play my music. Would you all please listen? <laughs> you know? And so on gigs like those, right. like like I'm not getting paid. And so I while I understand the whole like I need to get paid, right? Um, and I don't knock it. Right. I know this is a huge contentious debate in like certain musical circles. Right. Um, I will definitely go with the guy who's willing to grind with me because they believe in what we're trying to do. Right. But, you know, every once right. in a while, like, oh, shit, the drummer, like, like got in an accident and like can't play tomorrow. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll shell out money, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's I believe in. um like the way to solve this whole money problem, if anybody has an issue with it, is like just see it as value. Like if you value something, you should be able and willing to pay for it. Like you pay for an iPhone because it gives you a certain amount of value. Yeah. Why don't you pay for some time? If you want to perform, you know, and, and you need it. Uh, but you so. know, as we're learning with the GameStop stock, value is arbitrary. <laughs> it is yeah. actually. I mean, like you know, people. Of... Like I don't know if people understand when they do like even spotify premium like i don't count the 15 dollars a month right it's just like it gets paid but i don't feel like when i'm listening to a song that i am contributing my 15 dollars a month to that thing and you honestly don't which because you know it's reflective on the 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 pay rates what like 0. 0.0001 cent something like that um right so yeah no uh, and those are big problems in music and you know there could maybe musicians club can solve it maybe if we're able to consolidate musicians in a place right and have all of that maybe we could put a record store inside the building and you know you're able to sell buy and sell physical merchandise you know i don't know mm. all i know mm. is that i'm trying to get the 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 customer base the musician base I'm trying to get that number higher and trying to just bring them all together in a spot. And right now, the way that I know how to do that best is to put up, um, put up kick-ass productions. Um, and hopefully people can be a part of that. And you know, when you're part of the production, you could just like have a table for intermission where, you know, you put like one table for your music, one table for, um coach uh music coach mike right 
Yep, yep. Yeah. No, totally. It's 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 more than just the music. It's got to be like um, the branding, the merchandise, the services yeah. that you can provide to people beyond the music. So cool. it's weird. It's a well, weird time for music, but it's exciting too. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's get to the close of this. I'd like to Sweet. keep them you know, moderately short, but I honestly think anybody who's watched, who's watched this little bit of this, like will watch the whole thing. Cause I mean, you just got a lot of share. You have a lot of knowledge, you know, we'll see. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I but you're humble it. about it. You know, I appreciate it. <laughs> no. no, well, uh, for the viewers, who can finally see this first episode being recorded. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Cedric is somebody who's definitely proven what's possible when it comes to the world of music, putting on shows, motivating musicians to come together to create awesome things. Something that I don't think any of us have really seen. So this could be the start of something great, like a bright new future for all musicians. If you want to get in touch with him, you can hit him up on Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, drop Instagram. Full name is Cedric Enzo Agatep. I don't think there's another one like me. My Instagram handle is hi I'm Enzo, H-I-I-M-E-N-Z-O. Or you can also find us for Musicians Club. Musiciansclub.sd is our Instagram handle. Uh, we have the website musiciansclub.com. And then we have a Facebook group. Because you know, groups are like super strong on Facebook. Right? Like they're the first thing that pops up in my newsfeed. Uh, Musicians Club of San Diego, there's a Facebook group and a Facebook page. Be sure to like and join both. Um, I do see everyone who applies for the group, and I don't accept unless you give us your email. So yeah, just the warning. If you haven't been accepted yet, that's probably why. <laughs> awesome. Great. Well, thank you for being on the show once again. Um, and I mean, I'll see you Sunday. Tomorrow. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's tomorrow. Yeah. We're jamming tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, heck yeah. Alrighty. See you next week, guys.